Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good morning and welcome to Out of the Blue on Sunday 23rd of April 2017. You are listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial, or you can have a listen from our website, www.3cr.org.au forward slash Radio Blue, where you'll also find a number of previously broadcast episodes that have been uploaded as podcasts. My name's Andrew Christie from Melbourne Polytechnic and Marine Care Point Cook, and today's weather, um, interesting day, uh, 22 degrees, the forecast top, uh, partly cloudy with a 30% chance of rain this afternoon, light winds, so not a bad day for getting out and about on Port Phillip Bay or throughout our waterways in the state of Victoria. If you do so, uh, as always, please be careful. Today I wanted to go through uh, a second part of a, a show that I was doing uh, last time I was on air on stingrays. Uh, there's been a bit in the news and not all of it good, um, but I also wanted to uh, add another voice to the conversation. Uh, Caroline Esbenshade of Marine Care Point Cook has been good enough to join us in the studio today. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning, Mr Christie. 
Um, what we will do is quickly go to a community service announcement on our listener survey. Now, one thing that I wanted to get across was that it's open until Friday, 28th of April, and it's something that the 3CR has uh, had to do at cost. Um, we need 200 responses, and last time I checked, we were at about 114, so we've still got a little ways to go. So as Harvey Keitel would say, um, please, pretty please, with sugar on top, do the survey. We want to hear from you. Our station is all about serving the community and we want to know your thoughts, comments and ideas to help shape our future. We're currently asking listeners to take part in a short online survey that will help us get to know you better and understand what you want from your local radio service. The results of this survey will assist us in continuing to be the best possible station we can be in service of our local community. To have your voice heard, head to our website and fill out the survey. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash survey or call the station during business hours to organise to do the survey over the phone. Call 9419 8377. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 on your AM dial and this is Out of the Blue. Okay, um, as I was saying last, uh, last time I was on the air, stingrays are a fascinating beast to be able to view up close. And when I say stingrays, I'm saying, uh, you know, whether it's fiddler rays, whether it's stingrays um, or stingarees. Um, just so it's not me droning on all morning, uh, Caroline, can you give us a bit of a perspective on what you've, um, on what you've experienced with stingrays and, and what you think of them? Sure. Um, well, actually, uh, I had a little bit of a close encounter just uh, last Wednesday. I took advantage of the good weather and went in for a snorkel. And I was, you know, after you put on your fins and you're about ready to, like, take that first lay down into the water, I popped my head under the water just to be sure that my camera wasn't going to flood. And I'm really glad I did because I realized, and you could even see my hand mark in the sand from where I'd leaned on one hand to put on my fin, it was about three inches away from a stingray. <laughs> Wow. So I would have laid right on top of it. Um, I think it both would have been, it would have been a shocking experience for both of us, I'm sure. <laughs> so, yes. um, you know, I think that that's uh, something to think about is stingrays are, you know, a lot of the times when they, you know, you think about people being scared of them and stuff. Well, normally they have a pretty good reason for reacting in a way that would cause you to be unhappy with them because you probably did just step on them or yeah. scare them. And I think that's something you see a lot, even they scare themselves, either you surprise them and that's why they take off or I've had some really great moments where I've seen a, a stingray lay down on top of another stingray that he didn't realize was there either and the two of them have both kind of had a moment of like OMG like <laughs> excuse me this is my space you can find somewhere else so I mean I think they're really great they're really fun um, I love doing photography and film of them especially like the big eagle rays they're just so beautiful to watch when they're in the water and I'm a large particular particular large fan of the fiddler ray I think they're kind of like under water cats like they're very um they have like a little bit of an attitude sometimes they really don't want anything to do with you and other times they you know come up to you almost like little kittens and they nuzzle you so like I've had them actually swim up up onto my lap so they're very they're a lovely little creature they certainly are they're very very graceful so this uh close encounter that you had that was at uh, Point Cook Marine Sanctuary it was for those that don't know uh Point Cook Marine Sanctuary about uh, 25 clicks west of the Melbourne CBD really um now the Point Cook Marine Sanctuary was there a particular zone in the marine sanctuary that you went to there I was in the kind of little half moon bay area that we normally call the Fiddler Ray Bay because that's normally um you know as uh 
probably you've mentioned over the radio and a lot of people that are familiar with that uh, sanctuary during the warmer months they're just the fiddler rays are there in very large aggregations I mean they're just and they come up really in the shallows and they just hang out all day um, so I didn't see as many fiddler rays when I was in the other day it was pr- primarily stingarees though I did see one fiddler ray that came to see what the zebrafish were up to and it was quite interesting seeing that interaction between you know the two fish is a whole school of younger zebrafish with like I want to say like the two larger chaperone nanny zebrafish and they all kind of like looked over when the fiddler ray showed up and they were like oh that's cool and went back to doing their thing so it's very interesting to watch those fish and fish interactions it it certainly is it's uh probably the most amazing one i've seen i mean you see so many large fish and all these things coexisting but the one that really spun me out was on the barrier reef nothing to do with stingrays here but it was uh sea snake an elegant sea snake and as he was cruising along through the coral he'd bob his head up and a bunch of fish would see him and they took fright it was just amazing to see they knew exactly what he was and how uh, potentially dangerous i guess he uh, he might have been uh, just to clarify there you did mention a, a sort of like a half moon type appearance that that bay yeah. uh, not just for our benefit of our listeners not to be confused with half moon bay which is an actual spot down uh, on the other side of the bay near Bo morris oh my um, apologies no, I no. familiar. <laughs> just uh, thought i better just clarify that one quickly yeah they are certainly beautiful animals now the, the one that you had the running with that was quite close uh, that was a stingaree presumably yeah that was just a stingaree um i i'm quite notorious actually for petting fiddler ray so if had it had it been a fiddler ray i wouldn't have been too frightened at all i would have been like squealing with joy i've been like oh come here let me give you a pat (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly so those two uh the stingarees that we've got in point cook marine sanctuary actually are uh there there are three species that we see uh quite regularly um and up until recently, there was one, the spotted stingaree, that we hadn't seen much uh, evidence of. But for whatever reason, the last couple of years in particular, they've started becoming really common. There, They've got, uh, that's uh, Urolophus gigas, for those of you that are keen to look it up. Um, it's this, um, you know, all of these stingarees are basically the same size and basic appearance or body form as a frying pan. Um, if you look at your average large frying pan, that's pretty close to the uh, the, the basic dimensions of a, of a spotted stingaree. Um the other species that are more common are the eastern shovelnose stingaree, uh, that's Trigonoptera imitata, and then there's also um, the sparsely spotted stingaree, that's uh, Urolophus porcimaculatus. Now they're all, um, as we were saying, uh, stinging people with uh, those, uh, it's got to be said they're often armed with a, a double barb stinging apparatus, that seems to be an absolute last resort. Um, the the sting, uh, stingarees and stingrays for that matter will basically try and adopt a few different uh, tactics when they have someone like Caroline or myself come blundering along and nearly put hands on the rays or like uh, only a few weeks back in uh, late March I went out diving with Cade Mills and he did the same thing he actually plopped his hand on top of what he thinks was a ray now to this day we're not sure if it was a ray or a flathead because it wasn't sticking around to find out it bolted and all he felt was a fluttering underneath his hand and then it was gone probably a bit lucky but generally what they'll try and do is they'll wait it out and they'll pretend that they can't be seen and sometimes it's because they haven't been seen and they're just trying to to wait it out Um, the other option is to get up and quickly move away, and it's only that last option, the stinging option, that they'll adopt as an absolute emergency in an in an absolute emergency when they, namely when they're being uh, when they're being trodden on. Um, yes. that's the the key, sort of like a, a death adder in that way. They they don't do anything until the very last moment, and then they'll uh, they'll up and away. Eagle rays tend to be a bit more um, cautious. We'll sort of chat about those a little bit later on too. Well, and the other one would be the smooth stingarees that we sometimes get out there really large. The smooth they, stingrays. Yeah, yeah, they'll be um, 
They'll give you little warning signs that they don't really like your presence. Oh, they certainly do. Yes, <laughs> they, uh, they absolutely do. Yeah, all right. What we might do is just quickly duck to another community service announcement and we'll be back in a tick. Able-bodied Australia does not realise that people with disabilities across the board are being discriminated against. Then the government to demand that we go out and get a job without removing the disincentives like the lack of access to transport and community infrastructure, without providing accessible buildings that can provide barrier-free employment. I'm not getting a fair go and I don't like it and I'm saying so. You're listening to 3CR, 855 on the AM dial. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio. Okay, um, so we've been talking a bit this morning with Caroline Esbenshade of Marine Care Point Cook on Fiddler Rays, but um, unfortunately during the uh, the, the last uh, uh, the last few weeks and uh, probably month or so, there's been quite a bit of news breaking with regards to what's called Project Banjo. Um, Project Banjo Action Group is a group on Facebook that our listeners can check out, and it currently has uh, something in the order of 500 members. Now basically what's been happening, uh, it's, it's been going on now for a number of years actually, this situation where fiddler rays or banjo sharks as they're sometimes colloquially called, um, have been taken out of the water at a number of locations, tending to be uh, right throughout Port Phillip Bay, but concentrating around I guess St Kilda to, an ex- to a certain degree, but mainly around the Mornington Peninsula region, around Rye Pier and Blair Gowrie and these sorts of areas. And unfortunately what's been happening is people People have been uh, catching the fiddler rays, bringing them in, and then in some instances what they've actually done is they've stabbed them in the head and thrown them back into the water. Now, as Caroline was intimating before, these things are almost like, uh, you know, sea, sea kittens, you, yes. could, you could call them. They're, they're like these cats. Uh, they, are, they are gorgeous, graceful animals. They, don't, uh, they, they can't cause any harm whatsoever. So for people to be taking them out of the water, fishing them out of the water, I can understand a recreational fisher getting a bit annoyed by the fact that their baits are being taken taken by something that's non-target species but then to take them out consider them such a nuisance that they stab them in the head with a fi- with a filleting knife and toss them back into the water um is is really an appalling sort of a practice it's it's one that absolutely makes my blood boil i've got to be honest and candid about that uh you can take fiddler rays out of the water and uh take them home and consume them um there's there's no laws against that currently and i was really sort of surprised to read this while i was looking at the recreational fishing guide you can take five uh, rays of any species on any given day. Now, thank God people don't do that um, because uh, otherwise there wouldn't be any left. It's as simple as that. Uh, you can consume the flesh of uh, stinger rays and fiddler rays. If you don't do it properly, it can be quite chewy, um, is, is one thing that they say. But, um, you know, the total and utter lack of, um, of, of common sense in being able to utilise res- the resource is, is staggering. What people have been doing in some instances is chopping the wings off, um, which they can presumably uh, take home and consume, but do do it just like you would a, a snapper or black broom or any of these other recreational fish. Uh, fish. Take them home, uh, fillet them properly, do a good job on them, and then uh, you know uh, get rid of the discards. It's fair enough, but not just taking discards and chucking them off the pier. Um, something that's terrible. You often see all these uh, eleven arm sea stars and everything coming in and trying to have a feed. They're making some use of the resource, but you look at what you call that saprolytic, that uh, bacterial based degradation. 
it's not a nice sort of environment to uh, to be in. It's it's very very unsightly. Um, thankfully, it's been uh, PT Hirschfield and uh, Morley and the gang down there that have been doing some great work and getting a lot of um, good publicity too uh, of the issue. Uh, the Mornington Peninsula leader ran with a story. The Herald Sun ran with a story. Seven seven four ABC Radio with uh, Raphael Epstein uh, ran a segment as well. So these guys have done a these people have done a fantastic job in in really publicising what is a, a a pretty ugly sort of an issue at the at the at the base of it. I mean, like I said, they're they're not necessarily breaking any laws, but you do have to be quite sensible about what you're doing in the uh, in the aquatic environment. So it's it's really something to uh, to bear in mind. For those of you that are interested, that group again on Facebook, uh, Project Banjo Action Group. So uh, by all means, check it out. And uh, yeah, um, there was a, a protest a little while ago. It was it was a very peaceful one. There were no slogans, no shouting, just a whole bunch of people standing around with cards and placards placards, words to the effect of save our stingrays or uh, be be nice to our stingrays, all this sort of thing. I think it's um, I think you know, that's absolutely tremendous. Really trying to raise some awareness, and often that's what people need is just a, a simple reminder that uh, we shouldn't take these sorts of things for granted. Absolutely. Anyway, we might um, uh, kick to a, uh, a quick song break. Um, this one is uh, The Best Thing It's Called by Boom Crash Opera, a bit of a golden oldie for you. So um, I often think about this sort of stuff when you get into the water and have a snorkel around our beautiful waterways, some, uh, some great stuff mm-hmm. to explore. You're listening to Out of the Blue on 3CR Community Radio. Okay, uh, back to what I was uh, we were mentioning before about the smooth stingrays. Uh, Caroline intimated before about the uh, the little body postures and little clues they give that they might not be wrapped with your presence if you do decide to get in a bit close and take some uh, photos or video footage of them. Caroline, can I get you to just elaborate a little bit more on what you meant there? Uh, yeah, so um, I think... Well, yeah, they're a little bit like cats that way again. I don't know. Obviously, I'm going with this cat metaphor, but uh, I recently, well, not that recently, went into the water and had a good snorkel and I was by myself, which, you know, I'm sure that that's not the smartest thing to do. But it was a great day. I went out and I wasn't seeing much and I was really pushing out to a deeper area where I knew that we'd seen um, the smooth stingrays tend to leave the really big dips and holes from where they've, you know, been chilling out in the sand and uh, you know, I knew that those were out there, so I was like, oh, it'd be kind of cool to go see one of those. And then, you know, kind of doing that self-talk in your head of like, oh, no, we're not going to see anything. This is ridiculous. I should probably turn in soon. Well, I'll just go a little further. And then it's, what's that? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. It was so big. It kind of scared me a little bit. It was almost the size of my car, I felt like. Yes. And, um... I was, of course, inst- you know, the overriding adrenaline of, oh, that's so cool, i got to get closer, instead of being like, oh, my God, I should get away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that's it. That's, yep. Yeah, so I got in pretty close, and, you know, I was very uh, shocked to see that its tail was about as long and wide as my leg, and I, I don't have the, you know, the thinnest thighs in the world. Uh, and it started to raise that tail very kind of like threateningly, like, yes, no, thank you. No photos today, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's their, that's their way of doing it. Um, those uh, For those that haven't seen them, and a lot of our listeners have probably seen them gliding along uh, under piers and so on. And, yes. And, of course, what often happens is that people, as I was mentioning before, there are discards, there's bits of bait and all those things around. The stingrays have no doubt learned to associate piers with, um, with, with the presence of food. So they come in and basically clean, clean up and 
and hoover up all the scraps that are there and munch on those, which is uh, which is fair enough. But you often see them these great big dark shapes gliding underneath the uh, the the piers. And the Australian record, as far as as far as we know, and there's some uh, amazing photographs of this specimen on a, on the deck of a boat, uh, 14 foot six inches in the old language from the tip of the snout to the tip of the tail, and a monster wingspan, and the whole thing weighed about 350 kilos. So you look at uh, what Caroline was saying before about the tail being about as thick as her thigh. Well, what you've got there is a, an enormous muscular tail, and then there's the stinging barb that sits uh, sits on top of that, on the dorsal surface of that, um, down uh, uh, sort of uh, to the posterior edge of the uh, past the posterior edge of that great big disc that they have. So uh, the, the pectoral fins and that sort of thing. So the stinging spine is about the size of a bread knife. Um, it is huge, and I was lucky enough to find one near Point Cook Marine sanctuary just recently mm-hmm. um souvenir the thing it was sitting on the uh, shore literally just as i got out of the water i realized what i was looking at there was this dark object and it was about the size of like i say of a bread knife and all these backward pointing barbs on it and i thought wow this is a smooth stingray spine which indeed it was um it's the only uh, only ray in these waters that has a spine that long eagle rays um a different class again what you're talking about there is a stinging spine that's about Oh, an eagle ray, you'd be pushing probably 70, 80 millimetres would be a quite uh, sizable one, maybe up to about 100, but uh, this thing was about, like I say, it was snapped off at one point of the uh, the barb, so it wasn't a complete barb, but that measured 265 millimetres, so we're getting towards a, a, a... In fact, I think it was a bit longer than that, um, but it's uh, you know getting very close to a foot long. So you can imagine the, uh, the potential damage that can do. The other thing Caroline was alluding to was the fact that it raises its tail up over its head, almost like a scorpion type. Mm-hmm. Uh, manoeuvre and of course that's the Ray's uh, method of saying well if you get any closer I might give some serious thought to sticking this up your nose Um, (laughs) that's basically what they can do now um, unfortunately there was a fatality in Melbourne back in 1945 the guy was a a soldier and he was in the water at St Kilda Sea Baths Presumably did a duck dive and went uh, skimming close to the sand, which you've got to be very careful of doing. If you're getting your chest cavity down close to the sand and you're not sure what's in the sand, that's a potential recipe for disaster. And the poor guy was uh, was stabbed and it was a, a, a sharp force trauma injury that went through the lungs and the heart and pretty much mm. killed him instantly. He went into the water, never came out. They did a search and found him uh, you know, sunk at the, at the bottom of the, the St Kilda Sea Baths. Um, of course, more recently, we've had that tragic case where Steve Irwin was... Uh, was killed as well just a matter of getting too close to the ray in water that was probably too shallow the ray has tacked not a tacked but uh tacked and moved and then uh it's felt crowded and it's it's uh used the stinging barb to uh to devastating effect so it's one of those things that you do have to be uh be quite careful about and back in uh back in the day when i was at deacon uni's warnable campus um we used to go down the road a bit towards uh on the melbourne side of warnable that is towards peterborough and they used to have this uh, there's this gorgeous spot there called the bay of islands and there's this enormous boat ramp a huge concrete boat ramp that goes from a cliff top right down to a sandy beach there's a short sandy beach section and then straight out into the water and again the uh, the southern uh, the smooth stingrays have learned to associate the boats with the presence of food presumably and they all pull up in very very shallow water so mm-hmm. you've got all these great big rays and I remember one time I uh, was again getting very enthusiastic like Caroline was deciding wow look at this thing getting in really close to it and I sort of spooked it a little bit and leisurely and reluctantly sort of got up and thought well I'll leave this idiot alone 
alone and I'm going to move somewhere else. So it did, and up she got from the sand. They're very easy to tell rays, whether they're males or females, because of the presence of claspers at the pelvic fins there, uh, which are the penis-like extensions for the males. Of course, the females lack those. And she was making her way through the water. This day was really crappy visibility. I reckon it would have been struggling to be about uh, three to four metres uh, vis. So I was trying to stay on her hammer. She was moving very leisurely. I was going flat out, of course, because she's designed for swimming. I'm not. <laughs> and uh, she swam off, and I was struggling to see her. I couldn't really make her out. So as I was going along, she suddenly swam into a rocky outcrop, uh, head on into the rocky outcrop and ran out of room. So, of course, she did a 180 and came straight back to face the music. And I all of a sudden saw her materialise. And the one thing I will never forget was getting up in water now that was only knee, uh, was probably only waist deep, stood up in the water and started backpedalling quickly. And I'll never forget seeing the stinging spine come up out of the water. It broke the surface like a shark fin and it was coming straight at me. At that point, I was absolutely terrified that I might uh, you know, get a situation where she uh, she jabs me in the, in the thigh or the groin or something. Of course, you don't want that to happen at the best of times, but uh, the femoral artery sitting yeah. uh, in there uh, in high on the thigh, if you get hit there, you're in a world of hurt. You, you haven't got long to live, so uh, unless you get very, very prompt first aid. So, yeah, that was a pretty uh, pretty frightening experience, so you do have to be a bit of uh, a bit discreet about these things from time to time. No, uh, no doubt about it. Well, you just have to treat them like how you'd want to be treated. You wouldn't want to be cornered. You know, you don't want somebody. You don't want somebody stalking after you and That's taking true. pictures. So you know, neither does the ray. That's exactly right. All right, a good note to finish on. Just a cautionary one. But um, anyway, thanks for joining us on Out of the Blue. Thanks for coming into the studio, Caroline. Thank you for having me. And stay tuned for Out of the Pan with Sally.